Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Well, thank goodness it's Friday. It's Friday, big yeah. morning uh, on uh, Fox and Friends this morning for me. They asked yeah. me to come on and comment on the ex- outstanding, excellent interview Brian Kilmeade did with George Papadopoulos. Um, so we're going to have some some uh, some uh, some of that uh, this Papadopoulos interview and and uh, some of my commentary afterwards. But they were just. Oh, boy. Joe heard the soundbite. The information released this morning was just incredible. Incredible. Absolutely um, uh, just stellar stuff. So we'll get to that. Also, some updates on new packages that were uh, just found addressed uh, apparently to Cory Booker. These new suspicious packages. So we'll comment on that as, uh, as well. All right. Today's show brought to you by our buddies at BattleBox. This is the best subscription service out there. Love this. They sent me a sample box. It was like a kid at Christmas. You will love this. Battle Box. Most subscription boxes are full of samples and junk you will never use, but not Battle Box. It's the monthly subscription box for men full of solid gear for adventure seekers, survivalists, and outdoor enthusiasts. Folks, I got one of these. I, I was, uh, my wife can tell you, I was happy as a pig in slop. It's the greatest thing ever. Battle Box is your monthly subscription <laughs> for hand-picked outdoor survival and everyday carry gear. It introduces you to the best products, new gear, and innovative companies at a much lower cost than if you were to buy them individually. Plus, who doesn't like to get a package full of mystery gear? I got this high-end uh, new blade. I got a bunch of survival gear that was really, really high-end stuff. None of this stuff was like cheap stuff, folks. It was so cool. Go uh, try BattleBox. Uh, excuse me. Go to try BattleBox. That's B-A-T-T-L. B-O-X, no E. Trybattlebox.com slash Dan. Trybattlebox.com slash Dan. Trybattlebox.com slash Dan. It picks the box you want. They start at just $25 per month. Plus, they release a video for each new box so you can see what's coming. They've shipped over a half million boxes, and they won the best men's subscription box of 2017. You'll figure out why if you sign up. Right now, our listeners get a free tactical knife when you sign up for your first battle box at trybattlebox.com slash Dan. That's try. Battlebox.com slash Dan. Get your first battle box uh, right now. Get your first battle box plus a free tactical knife at trybattlebox.com slash Dan. This stuff is really cool. All right. Here we go. Here we go. So during yesterday's show, I, I was pretty clear that there were only two possible explanations now uh, to this uh, suspicious package threat. We now have uh, breaking news now that a suspect uh, is arrested in Florida, southern Florida, plantation Florida, and it appears uh, that this uh, suspect has some history, according to reporting I'm watching now, of making these threats in the past, which uh, if you watched or listened to, excuse me, if you listen to yesterday's show, I covered the only two possible scenarios here being this person was an amateur uh, or this person was a professional and had done this before, not professional in the uh, money sense, getting paid to do it, but had some experience doing this uh, in the past. And these devices were meant to inspire fear, but not in fact um, go off. It's looking now um, based on the reporting and folks this is breaking as joe and i uh, are on the air right now it appears now that this is someone uh, again according to the reports we're seeing breaking news that is who has had some um uh, sadly some experience in doing this type of thing in the past uh which again leads me to believe that that uh, that theory i put out there yesterday it was given to me by multiple people in the space by the way who are, are, are intimately familiar with how these operations work um, 
that that in fact uh, that number two. I'm sorry, I'm just I'm watching this as the show breaks today. That that number two theory is right. That this person may have had some kind of experience in this, and that these devices were intentionally uh, amateurish, um, and and that those intentionally amateurish devices were designed, of course, to inspire uh, inspire uh, fear and terror, but were not designed um, to go off based on the faulty design of initiators, um, the use of certain compounds, the way the devices were constructed, and the the, the almost hey look at me design of these suspicious packages with the uh, the big oversized print, the excessive postage, the packaging. I addressed this all on the show yesterday. Um, of course, we'll get more information as the day goes on. But uh, I want you to listen to yesterday's show if you can, if you missed it, because it's important here. There were only two scenarios. I'll just give you a quick summary. There were only two possible scenarios. Scenario number one was that it was a complete total amateur with no experience at all in doing this um, who had completely screwed up and left a ton of evidence behind. There are components of that, the evidence portion of at least, that seemed to appear to be true the way they tracked him down. Um, But secondly, uh, that this guy uh, had some experience doing this and had intentionally set these devices not to go off. Why? I don't know. Hopefully now that they've got a subject in custody, they'll get some idea idea as to motive. But one more thing on this, folks, and it's important uh, before we get to some other news of the day, um, because you'll be getting a lot of this on the television news as it breaks. Um, It appears that he had been under surveillance for that. This subject may have been under surveillance for uh, a little while now, relatively speaking. In other words, they may have had an ID and a name on this subject as far back as yesterday, and that may be why the press conferences given by the NYPD, if you watched them, were so cryptic. Uh, we can't say, it was a lot of, we can't say this, we can't say that. It explains uh, 100% why the NYPD and the FBI were so intentionally cryptic. They may have been watching this person, meaning, meaning that they didn't want to tip him off to the fact that he was being surveilled at the time. It makes all the sense in the world now. And it also makes sense what I said the other day on a cable news appearance. There was so much forensic evidence left behind in the form of DNA, um, likely in the form of fiber, in the form of fingerprints. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, the way they take fingerprints off at a burglary scene, off of a door, a door handle or a window is using tape. Skin oils are left behind. That skin oil, they drop some powder, they lift it using the tape. The fact that all this tape was used in some of these uh, suspicious packages and devices indicates to me that there had to have been some DNA, there had to have been a print, there had to have been some kind of fiber left behind that would lead them to this person. It appears that that forensic analysis happened quickly. So again, I be- a couple takeaways from this. Suspect is in custody. Apparently, there is a history of doing this in the past, which corresponds to some things I brought up on my show yesterday. Uh, Third, I believe he's been under surveillance probably since yesterday. That's why the press conferences were so cryptic. And uh, uh, fourth, we still don't know a motive. Hopefully, an interview uh, will will be uh, illuminating with that respect, and we'll find out why this person did this and caused all this uh, this this major major disaster on these these uh, these threats in our terror system. But uh, folks, I, I got a lot more to get to today. There'll be more. Uh, there'll be more on this in the news as the day goes on. I'm just, uh, again, forgive me for the uh, scattered portion of the show in the beginning, but we're watching this break uh, as the show is going on the air. We want to make sure we get you the latest information. Um, all right. I appreciate it. All right. Moving on. Now, the effort to pin this on Trump um, is one of the more disgusting episodes I've ever seen oh. um, in my lifetime. It's gross. And, you know, it brings me to another point, and I, I, I've... 
I've been eager to discuss this the entire week, and we've been so busy with the news cycle. But it's important. I want to take this out to a bird's eye view perspective for a moment. All right. Because there are a lot of people in the news, talking heads, some on both sides of the aisle, and I don't do that to, you know, to, 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 to distribute blame. I just I'm hearing it from people who are, you know, Republicans who want to be peacemakers and liberals who who think they want to be peacemakers, but they're on the air, Joe, Joe, saying, well, you know, I think going forward we should seek some kind of middle ground, avoid uh, avoid this toxic political environment. You know, we should we we should all come together in a kumbaya moment, folks. Listen. Okay, great. Who doesn't support that? It would be really great if Republicans and Democrats, although ideologically different and willing and able to advocate for their cause, Joe, it would be great if we insisted on not engaging in personal attacks on the other side. That would be wonderful. Yeah. Point stipulated. Right. The problem, ladies and gentlemen, and I, this is what I want to get into now. The reason this is not possible in the current political era we're in is not because of us and i'm really getting bothered on tv by a lot of these people who keep saying well it's the fault of both sides it is not the fault of both sides it is not ladies and gentlemen this is the fault of the left the reaction by the right is simply a reaction to far left tactics now, there are two things to blame for this, because I like to sum these things up in digestible nuggets so you take something away from the show. There are two reasons the left is to blame for this, not us. And when I say this, I mean this toxic political environment that everybody's saying, oh, I wish we could make this go away. This is getting out of control. It's out of control, not because of us. We are simply defending ourselves against this onslaught on the left. And the two things they've been throwing at us, which have changed dramatically in the last three to four decades with leftist politics and the leftist media, Joe, are identity politics. And Joe, this may sound familiar. And the idea that winning ideologically is not good enough, that punishment is needed afterwards. More familiar than I'd like to uh, admit. Yes, than, than you'd like to admit. We have discussed this before. Now, I'm going to break this down for you. This is why there is no middle ground. I'm asking the liberals who listen to the show, and I know you're out there, and the media figures as well. I would be more than happy as a, as a, 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 a passionate conservative to disagree with liberals on taxes, health care, the economy, and social issues, but to agree that you, are in fact, are not bad people and that you, you're, you're patriots too, and we just have a different way forward. Fine, I'd be happy to do that. I'll make a deal with you. I will do that the minute you forfeit identity politics and stop calling me a misogynist, a xenophobe, an istophobic phobophobe, an LGBTQophobe, a Islamophobe. What else phobes are there? Are there oh, race. We well, forgot the big racist. Phobophobe. Um, in Kavanaugh's case, <laughs> a, a, right, phobophobe. Yeah. In Kavanaugh's case, a rapist. When you agree to put the identity politics garbage aside because you know it's not true. You absolutely know the overwhelming majority, like 99.9% of people you label with these, these, these horrendous slurs, racist, xenophobe, you hate women, all this. You know that's not true. Yet you on the left insist on doing it. You will not let this go. Joe, you know this is true. Yeah, I feel it. Now, again, I'm bringing this up in context of this, 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 uh, 
this suspicious device incidents uh, that have been going on because I, it's incredible that some people on the left, we need to tone down the rhetoric. You're the ones doing it. We don't call you guys racists. If we do, it's only because you, op- you know, as Billy Joel said, you started the fire. <laughs> we My didn't man. start the fire. We didn't start this. You started this. This is your thing. We believe in big R, God-given rights for everyone. Liberals, conservatives, communists, everybody. You are free to express your views in the United States. We believe that those rights were granted to you by God and protected by the state. You believe they were granted by the state and that there is no God. There's a difference. We respect your ability to speak out. We will fight against it. We know it's wrong. You are wrong. We will be vocal about it, but we're not the ones who do the identity politics scheme. So again, why is there no middle ground and kumbaya moment like the like the, the uh, you know, the, the party of the 50s, the Democrats and the Republicans of the 50s? And I'm not saying, oh, let's go back to the halcyon days kind of thing. Of course, there were political, severe political disagreements back then, yeah, too. Yeah. But the era of identity politics, Joe, hadn't hit yet. And that's why you saw back in those days split ticket voting. And, and Democrats who generally love the country, and, you know, a lot of Democrats still do, but the radical far left does not. It's the intrusion of the radical far left into the Democrat Party that has introduced tactic number one that has wiped out any middle ground whatsoever. Joe, what I'm, I guess what I'm getting at, and please tell me this makes sense again yeah. as the audience on Buzzman, sure. is it is impossible to meet in the middle over a campfire kumbaya moment knowing the guy on the other side of the campfire is calling you a racist and a misogynistic, phobophobic, istophobic, phobophobe. It's impossible. It is, however, possible to meet him over the campfire saying, what do you think the appropriate tax rate is to benefit society philanthropically uh, uh, from the, what, what do you think the what do you think the best tax rate is? To be, I shouldn't say philanthropic. It's not really philanthropy. It's encouraged. It's uh, encouraged by the, uh, the, you know, the, the use of force by the government. But what do you think the best tax rate is to raise money for your government priorities and to encourage economic growth? That's an actual conversation, folks. There's data, there's facts, there's evidence, there's historical tax tables. We can have a conversation about that. I cannot have a conversation when I say, um, you know, liberal Joey Bag of Donuts. What do you think the appropriate tax rate is to maximize, uh, you know, government's role in society beneficially? First of and all, that's racist. That's right. Thank you, Joe. First of there all, you go. that's racist. That's, and I'm glad you interrupted me there because that's exactly how that conversation would go. I didn't even get to this because it's the second part's not needed. It's not because that's exactly how that conversation has gone for 30 years. That's racist. You taking money out of the government hands to give to minority voters Bingo. and women's program. You're a racist and you hate women. What's the, what's the middle ground? I just, I'm hearing this so often on TV. I feel the need to, I even took a note. I rarely do this. When I'm done with the show for the day, trust me, I'm done. The reason is I need my mental sanity, folks. I don't pick up. I, I mean, I do show prep, but I never walk back in my office and start taking notes for the next day. I only did that about episode 628, the famous episode 628, where I spent an entire Sunday lining the whole thing out. But I walked back into my studio yesterday and my notebooks here, and I put this note. Why bipartisanship is impossible. Identity politics and punishment. This note is sitting right here in front of me. I was actually in the shower thinking about it to be crude but you, you know you, you you have a unique window into my life so i got back from the gym and i'm like that's why and the reason i was th- i was i had fox on sirius xm on my iphone which i put on a ledge in my shower 
It doesn't get wet, obviously. <laughs> and I hear all these right-leaning guys and left-leaning guys who I don't think are living in the real world. Like, well, I think after this moment with the suspicious packages, it's time to come together. Oh, great. I agree. But how do, how do you do that? When the left is willing to forfeit identity politics and disingenuous fake charges uh, of racism, misogyny, homophobia, when you're willing to put that aside, let's go to the campfire and chat. Until then, there's nothing to talk about. Hence my own the libs. Because the only way to fight back at that, and by the way, for those of you getting confused about own the libs, it means the exercising of raw political power. In other words, winning elections. The only solution is to keep these people from power. That's it. Because they hate you. Until they stop hating you, there is no middle ground. Secondly, does that make sense, Joe, by the way? A hundred percent, yeah. There will be no campfire moment until they scrap the identity politics. No matter what happens, folks. This is deeply disturbing. I've been on it for two days, this package incident. There's no excuse for this behavior, none. But liberals calling for us for civility while you're calling for us to be uh, aggressively confronted in public, you're calling us racist, we hate women, and you want us to come to the campfire and do what? What do you think, we're suckers? But there's another part to this. And this is the reason that Republicans see every election and almost everything, liberals as well, by the way, Supreme Court confirmations, almost everything in Manichaean terms. Now, some of you have emailed me and said, I wish you'd stop using these words. <laughs> Manichaean means kind of like everything's like an end of times event. It's the simplest way for me to explain it. It's a great word if you want to check it out. I love it. When I was a young kid, I used to take these verbal advantage classes. I really enjoyed them because I would admire how people with an expansive vocabulary were so eloquent. So when I was even a teenager, I was always committed to uh, to being able to, but Manichae is a great word. We see everything as kind of end of time. In other words, every battle is, 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 is so pressing and so important that it deserves all of our efforts and all our passion. But there's a reason we see it that way. And I don't believe that was necessarily the case back in, 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 in the 50s and in the 40s. Not Again, not that the house, not to cry back to the halcyon days and act like, oh, in the old time, everybody, in the olden days, everybody was so wonderful. No, no, there were brutal political fights back then as well. But the reason people are so passionate right now about sticking to their guy no matter what. And folks, I bring this up because it explains the Trump phenomenon. Liberals are confused about conservatives, especially social conservatives support of Trump. They are. I read the articles. I follow these liberals on the listservs. They're like, I don't get it. You guys and ladies claim to be deeply religious, but you support a guy who's got a flawed character. Ladies and gentlemen, you are the liberals are totally misreading this. Now, let me explain this to the liberals why this is. It is precisely because we view every single fight in end of time terms, but it is because you insist on punishing us. Now, this is going to get a little confusing, but it's critical you understand this, why there's no middle ground here. Liberals are confused why we support Trump as, 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 uh, as, as spiritual religious conservatives. Folks, because we've understood in the past that nominating people we thought were air quotes high character. And I say that because I can't vouch for their characters. I don't know any of them. But nominating them to run for president and other positions, that a lot of these people went in there claiming, Joe, they would fight for life in the womb, actual life, mm -hmm. infants in the womb. They would fight for economic liberty. 
They would fight to defund Planned Parenthood. They would fight for limited government and big, bold liberty and, and our firearm rights. And you know what they did? They got into office. Not all of them. There were some good people, the Mike Lees, the Jim Jordans of the world. I mean, these are these are A-plus folks. But there are a large number of them who went up there claiming, claiming to, 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 to bear the shield of conservative in defense of real people, lives, Joe, actual lives. I use the abortion example not to stir your blood up, but because it is a question of life or no life. It's very simple. And what did they do? They bailed on us at the first moment. I could give you a hundred names of Republicans who ran as staunch supporters of the pro-life movement to get religious conservatives and who were probably decent people in their individual lives, Joe, but who got up there and screwed us over. What the left is confused about is this is the first guy who has his scars, folks. I'm not apologizing for Donald Trump's scars. I don't think he does himself. And I don't mean apologizing in that way. I mean, I don't mean it as a slight. I mean it in that the guy... His 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 history is an open book. He's not been quiet about his path. We're all sinners, folks. The point here is that religious conservatives want to actually save lives and save liberty. And this is the first guy we've seen in a long time who, granted, may not be ideologically more deeply to the conservative movement like a Ronald Reagan was or a, or a Milton Friedman when it came to economics. Okay, I get it. The pilings may not go, you know, 40 feet deep into the beachfront there in conservatism. The point is this guy fights. He fights. He fights with a passion. Where that passion comes from, folks, I don't know. I don't know Donald Trump personally the way some media outlets think I do. I don't know, Joe. I'm speculating when I tell you I think it's his desire to win. Now, you may say, well, that sounds corrupt. Gosh, what, he doesn't believe in life in the womb and, and therefore he just wants to win? Do you, listen to me. Do you want to save lives or not? This matters to me. This matters to me. Infants' lives in the womb matter to me. These are human beings. Again, I'm using this example, but I could use any other one. Economic liberty matters to me. Getting government red tape out of my house and my business matter to me. Allowing my kid to go to a better school because I choose it matters to me. You allowing your kid the same matters to me. Keeping the government out of the bankruptcy business, bankrupting religious conservatives who don't want to bake cakes matters to me. And this guy fights, and he fights, and he fights. I don't know why. I don't know why. But he does. And it's this is what liberals have com- entirely misconstrued about the conservative movement. Guys, you're going to back a guy who went on the Howard Stern show and talked about dating Playboy Playmates? I want to save lives, and this is the first guy doing it. At least he's trying We have been sold out for decades, Joe, by people claiming, look at me. I go to church on Sunday and volunteer. So do I. Great. So do I. What have you done to advance the cause of life and economic liberty? Oh, nothing. I signed on to a Democrat uh, tax hike plan and I have abandoned the pro-life movement. And we're supposed to clap because you're such a nice guy and you go to church. I go to church, too. Joe sings at church. Mm. Joe doesn't get any brownie points. Mm -mm. How come Armacost is not elected president? Joe's a good guy. Mm. No, I'm serious. Like, listen, Joe's got battle scars too, but I know what Joe does. How, I, I know a ton. I can name for you a ton of people who volunteer their time. How come they're not elected president? 
because they can't fight like this guy can. He doesn't need anybody's money. He doesn't need their attention. He just wants to win. Why he wants to win at this point, ladies and gentlemen, is irrelevant. Thank you. It doesn't matter. There you go. As long as him winning doesn't destroy your personal life and take away from your civil liberties like me winning by stealing your stuff. The fact that he wants to win, if it, listen to me, please take this to the bank, cash this check, folks. If this guy wants to win because he is the vainest, most arrogant creature on the planet, which I'm not saying he is. I'm just using a hyperbolic example to explain how little this means. Why do you care? People who were really nice people got into office and enacted Medicare Part D and almost bankrupted the U.S. economy. Why do you care? Now, I did not get off on a tangent there. That ties right back to this why there is no bipartisan moment right now. There is no bipartisan moment Because not only is the left engaged in identity politics with vicious character assassination of anybody they oppose calling them racist, but secondly, they insist on not only winning on issues, but punishing us. I have some examples here. Ladies and gentlemen, it wasn't good enough for the left to win a court victory on gay marriage. That wasn't good enough for them. They won this court victory, and then what did they immediately do, Joe? They walked into florists and bakers and tried to bankrupt them for not wanting to take part. Listen, this was a strategic misstep of colossal proportions by the left. Folks, it wasn't good enough to win. They had to punish. That is why we view everything in end-of-times terms. Because when we lose to the left, Joe, it's not that we lose a few bucks in the tax bill. It's that they want to come after you. Yeah. They actively seek you out to punish you. You may say, oh, well, that's I wasn't bankrupted. I'm not a florist or a baker. You want some other examples? It wasn't good enough for them to win on Obamacare. They had to make sure that that people were actually punished by doubling their premiums. Do you think Obama didn't know this? Do you think they didn't know community rating and guaranteed issue were going to explode premiums? Do you think they weren't aware of this? Oh, hell no. Hell no is right. They knew this. They absolutely knew this. These were not stupid people. Their goals in Obamacare were clear. It was to make private market insurance, free market insurance over time so unpalatable that there would be a call for a third party government payer option that would crowd out private free market insurance. It's clear as day. It wasn't just that they wanted to institute an option for people in the individual market in Obamacare. They wanted to punish people who weren't. That had a real effect on you. Instead of saying, hey, let's do something about people who are uninsured, well, maybe some direct subsidies. Again, I'm not suggesting I support these programs. I'm just telling you there's a difference between trying to help some people and and directly punishing others. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (coughs) They did not say, okay, let's just go out, Joe, and look at a subsidy system for people who are uninsured. They took your insurance away. You, millions of people had insurance policies canceled. Millions of people had their premiums doubled in my case. They had to punish. Now do you see 
the, the case of social issues and the gay marriage front, the health care issue, how it's not just that the left had a win, they had a punish and why the right has no bipartisan moment with them because you can't sit down at the campfire with people who are going to call you a racist and then bankrupt you and then punish you and then take your health care. There is no bipartisan moment. That's why this isn't possible. We don't want to punish you. We come into office, we give you back more of your money. We give you control over your health care. We allow you to pick your kid's school. None of this punishes you. You lose nothing. Ladies and gentlemen, you want to pay higher taxes? You can voluntarily pay more. You, you, know, you, you, like, you like expensive health care? Go buy expensive health care. You love the school your kid's in now in public school? No one's forcing them out. The right isn't running against the public school system, largely. There is no punishment for voting conservative. You vote liberal, you are punished. Oh, you need some more examples? Great op-ed in the Wall Street Journal today about Exxon. Oh, Exxon, big oil. We got to go after big oil. Ah, shut up, dopes. You know what you're talking about. Petroleum company that that, that hires uh, thousands upon thousands of people right. that puts the oil in. I don't know. I don't. I don't know Exxon. I have no idea. I don't. I. I. I really. I could care less. I'm just saying. There's an article in the Wall Street Journal today about how the New York State Attorney General is absolutely determined to punish Exxon by by nailing them on some climate change thing. And the case is so ridiculous. It's like five minutes from being thrown out of court, despite the fact that Exxon's had to pay millions of dollars in legal fees. Again, it's not just that the left has to win, Joe. They have to punish. Mm-hmm. Kavanaugh. It wasn't good enough to get Kavanaugh out. My goodness. Which they lost. They had to punish. They had to make sure the charges against Kavanaugh were so disgusting and filthy. He's a rapist. Train rapist. Gang rapist. He's a drunk. He's a bum. They had to make the charges so disgusting that every single person even contemplating on the conservative front show, thinking of accepting a nomination to the Supreme Court was warned in the future that we're coming for you next. It's not good enough to win for them. They have to punish. How do you sit at the campfire and not view everything in end of times terms when every fight is end of times terms. Not because of us, because of them. We didn't do this. We don't call their people train rapists. Merrick Garland didn't get a hearing. Sorry, we ran the Senate. Merrick Garland was never called a gang rapist, ever. Matter of fact, the Republicans uh, said he was a very nice guy. They just didn't want to meet with them and weren't going to, that's their role, the vice and consent. We ran the Senate, sorry. Finally, the Trump election itself. Not only is it not good enough to win, they have to punish. Even when they lose, they have to punish. Punish. They lost an election to Trump. Every single one of them thought they would win. 
It has been nonstop punishment since. Fake collusion narratives, impeachment threats, threats of confrontation and aggression, Antifa people beating people up in the streets, charges of Nazism, fascism, racism. Every CNN, an entire network on CNN dedicated to nonstop character assassination of Trump and his family all day. It wasn't good enough to even lose. They had to punish. Folks, bipartisanship isn't possible because the left makes it impossible. And if the left understood that conservatives back Trump because he fights back against this, maybe you'd open your eyes and understand why the conservative movement has largely united social conservatives as well behind a guy who has finally said enough is enough. Remember, folks. The left hates Trump, not because of his ideas. They don't. They're used to these ideas, folks. They've heard these ideas forever. Tax cuts, Obamacare repeal, none of this stuff is new. They hate Trump because Trump refuses to to genuflect before them. He refuses to kiss their ring. He refuses. He adamantly refuses to kiss their collective cabooses. That's why they hate him. They would have had a lesser man back down by now. All right. Good stuff there. Yeah, man. Good stuff. Really, I wrote that, ran out of the shower yesterday. I'm like, that's it. All these uh, Republicans on TV. Well, we need a middle ground. Yeah, there'll be a middle ground. Stop calling us racist and stop punishing us for every single thing. You know, maybe win gracefully sometime and then we'll consider it. All right, today's show also brought to you by our buddies at Hair Club. Hey, confidence is important, and sometimes one change can make all the difference. Hair Club knows this, and they're inviting you to become part of the Hair Club family to see how getting the most out of your hair can change your life. They understand the emotions you're feeling, and they know the questions you have. Hair Club is the leader in total hair solutions with a legacy of success for over 40, that's four zero years. Whether you're looking to revitalize the growth of your own hair or to learn more about the latest proven methods for hair replacement or restoration hair clubs professionally trained stylists health uh, hair health experts and consultants will craft a personalized solution to ensure you feel your best and get the most out of your hair see for yourself just how powerful great hair can be be like samson need that hair Folks, this is a great company. They want to be here. They want to talk to you. They offer the most comprehensive solutions for any of your hair problems. Please check them out. They're really happy to be here, and uh, I'm honored to have them on board. Here's what you need to do. Go to hairclub.com slash Bongino. That's hairclub.com slash Bongino today for a free hair analysis and a free take-home hair kit, all valued at over $300. That's hairclub.com slash Bongino for a free hair analysis and a free hair kit. Experience your hair and your life at its best. Only with Hair Club. I'm certain you'll love the club. Hairclub.com slash Bongino. Go check them out. I love it. Okay. Moving on a little bit. So uh, Papa Dizzle, <laughs> buddy Papa D. Papa D. Love George. George uh, was on uh, this morning on Fox and Friends. I followed up immediately afterwards, which was a great opportunity for me to get the story out there. And finally, everybody in the media is catching on, uh, I'm not, Fox has been on this for a while, but uh, other people in the media as well are catching on to the fact that George Papa D was set up. Now, let me, there was a, 
a monster, monster revelation by Papa D this morning in his Fox and Friends, excellent Fox and Friends interview um, with Brian Kilmeade. Excuse me. It was, it was about 10 minutes long. I want to play a quick 30 to 40 second cut. And it just let me put it in context first, because this is, in the words of Donald Trump, huge. This is huge. What have we been saying the whole time? That this is a push-pull operation, right? George Papadopoulos was set up. Yeah. He's not a Russian cutout. It's garbage. The person who I believe uh, played a role in this setup, how exactly it happened is still a bit open in the air, is a guy named Joseph Mifsud. Joseph Mifsud is the Maltese professor who allegedly gives Papadopoulos the information about the Russians having emails on Hillary. He's the one who pushes the information in. The goal of the people who set up Papadopoulos is to pull the information out later via Alexander Downer and others to make it look like Papadopoulos is in fact currying in information emails from the Russians. That whole thing requires for that story to be true, Miss Sud to be a Russian asset. I'm sorry if you've heard this a thousand times, but this clip doesn't make sense if you don't deeply understand that. The left's entire Russian collusion narrative hinges on the fact that the Maltese professor who told Papadopoulos about the Russian emails was in fact Russian. This is obvious, right, folks? If he wasn't Russian, he obviously has no connections to Russian intel or Russian emails right. on uh, Russian information on Hillary. Well, Papa D had something to say this morning about that, which was absolutely stunning. Cue up that cut, Joe. We meet in Rome, and I never quite understood exactly why I was meeting this person at uh, this university in Rome through my old company, which okay. I now found out is some sort of uh, Western intelligence uh, front group. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, listen, I, I'm only laughing because I don't want to cry. Regular listeners know I have a fear of getting blood taken. All I have to have you taken all the time <laughs> due to a medical thing, right? Um, and so what do I do? I laugh when I get blood taken instead of crying because I'm 6'1", 230 pounds and a 43, soon to be 44-year-old man. I'm laughing now in lieu of crying because this this is the only the biggest scandal of our time. Yeah. And uh, George goes on Fox and Friends this morning and, and, and just drops this, this enormous nugget of information. So let me get this straight. According to Papadopoulos, he meets with Ms. Sud. That's who he was talking about. And he finds out he has no idea why this meeting is set up, <laughs> but he finds out later the company he's working for that set it up has significant ties to Western intelligence. Folks, if you were writing a book like I did on this and you were fabricating a story, you couldn't write this story any better for a spy novel. Do you understand what he just said? He did not seek out Mifsud. He still claims he has no idea why this meeting was set up. Yet the company that set up the meeting that he was working for had significant ties to Western intelligence. Western, meaning friendlies, meaning, Joe, for those at home who are having a tough time following, meaning not the Russians. Right. <laughs> yeah. Meeting somebody with friendly ties, a company with friendly ties to Western intelligence, friendly intelligence assets, for some reason wanted George Papadopoulos to meet with a guy who later claimed to have Russian emails. 
Play uh, the rest of the cut. Didn't know at the time. So the entire meeting with Joseph Mifsud from beginning to end seems completely orchestrated. And the most important fact is just a couple days ago, this man's lawyer went public and stated, listen, everyone, this narrative about my client, Joseph Mifsud, is completely wrong. He's not a Russian agent targeting Papadopoulos. He was actually working at the behest of the FBI when he was talking with Papadopoulos, when he was interacting with Papadopoulos. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. I mean, we need emojis right now. Oh. We need emojis to pop up on the screen. We need the surprise guy emoji. Oh. Uh, so l- let me just be l- let me just be clear what Papadopoulos just said. So Papadopoulos says, number one, the meeting set up by a company he worked for with significant ties, not to the Russians, but the people working with us, friendlies. So they set up a meeting with a guy who then tells Papadopoulos about Russian emails, despite the fact that he's connected clearly to this company, because they set it up, that's connected to Western Intel. He then goes on to say that the guy's lawyer, amazingly, incredibly, the guy's lawyer is now alleging that he was working with the FBI. Now, this is a stunning, stunning piece of information. Folks, if you have any doubt any longer that this is a setup, any doubt, I encourage you, one, to please read my book. I, I Again, borrow it from someone if you don't have them. I, I don't care. I wish I could give away thousands of free copies to get the information out. Unfortunately, I can't because we have to pay to print them. And I have to pay a researcher and a co-author and everything. It's, unfortunately, there's a business side behind this. I wish there weren't. The guy was set up, folks. It is clear as day the person he met with, at a minimum, was not connected to Russian intelligence. Remember, Mifsud's ties. Just look up. Ladies and gentlemen, when you get off the show today, do me a favor. Go and Google Joseph Mifsud, M-I-F-S-U-D, Maltese professor. Just, you don't even have to just put in Mifsud. And put in the name Claire Smith. Claire Smith was a United Kingdom deeply connected intelligence official. United Kingdom, not Russia, not Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. She was a United Kingdom intelligence official that shows up at a training seminar with Mifsud to train Italian intelligence officials. So Mifsud is at a training seminar with a UK intelligence uh, official, a friendly, training other friendlies, Joe, other friendlies, the Italians, and yet we're claiming Masood is a Russian agent, the liberals that delivered this information to Papadopoulos. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe, are you asking a basic question right now? <laughs> Which you should be. Yeah. So let me get this straight. The United Kingdom, a high-ranking intelligence official, shows up at a training seminar to change, train our other friendlies, the Italians, who are friends of, uh, intelli- they're not five eyes, but they're friends of ours. Five eyes meaning the very deep connection, but they are intelligence partners of ours in many respects. Shows up to train them with a guy who's a Russian agent? And nobody's worried about this. <laughs> so you're telling me a Russian agent, Joseph Mifsud, with a straight face, showed up at a training seminar with a UK intelligence to, cha- to train other friendlies a- a- in Italy. And nobody's worried about this at all. Remember, the FBI interviewed Mifsud in February and let him go. Why'd they let him go, Joe? If he's a Russian agent, why'd they let him go? Even worse, why did the State Department join in a conference Mifsud was speaking at in February right before he was interviewed by the FBI? Mm -hmm. There were only Mm -hmm. two possible Mm -hmm. explanations here. Number one. Explanation number one. Joseph Mifsud 
is like Evelyn Salt, Angelina Jolie from the Salt movies, and is so good at covering his Russian tracks that he was able to embed himself in a friendly intelligence seminar with UK and Italian officials to train them while simultaneously acting as a Russian cutout. Brilliant! Brilliant! (laughs) Not only that, when interviewed subsequently by the FBI, when leaving a conference with the U.S. State Department, where he also managed to cover his Russian ties, he was let go, and the FBI found absolutely nothing. So explanation number one, he is the greatest Russian spy ever on par with (laughs) Evelyn Salt. I think in the Salt books i think it's a guy i think they changed it to a woman in the movie i'm not sure i didn't read the book but if this is evelyn salt uh, joseph Mifsud is evelyn salt now if you believe this I, I strongly suggest you seek a professionally trained mental health uh, uh, uh individual to yeah. fix you because this would be the dumbest story in human history <laughs> He's a Russian agent who infiltrates the UK, Italy, the United States and the State Department and everybody lets him go. Yeah, that's that's only believable if you're really really dumb. Let me suggest to you story number 2, which is again, Occam's razor, right? Man. Given all possible explanations except the one that's the most parsimonious. Someone said to me too, "Oh, you said that parsimony means cheap." No, it means frugal in explanations. That's what it's, I'm, I'm saying it correctly, trust me. Give us the explanation that requires the least amount of assumptions. By assuming number 1, Joe, you have to assume the FBI let him go. Yeah. The State Department let him go. The UK let him go. And the Italians used him to train their intelligence officials, all while simultaneously assuming he was a Russian spy. Well, that's a lot of stupid right there if you believe that. Oh, boy. That requires a real whole lot of assumptions there, folks. A lot. (laughs) Or explanation number two, Joseph. That Joseph Mifsud was not a Russian agent. It was, in fact, a Western agent that had deep ties to Western intelligence. And that's why he was working with United Kingdom officials and Italian officials and U.S. officials in the State Department at this conference he went to. Or at least alongside them in this conference. And that's why he was interviewed by the FBI and let go. Occam's razor. Otherwise known as keep it simple, stupid. (laughs) Papadopoulos was set up. This is clear as day. And you got these conspiracy theorists, loons out there, like this Seth Abramson guy. Oh, but he emailed this Russian guy, you know, Tim Aviv at one time. So why isn't he arrested? If if this conspiracy loon, Abramson, is right, why is Papadopoulos, why was he arrested for lying about his contacts with Misud? Which, by the way, however wrong they were, granted are perfectly explainable. Again, Occam's razor. Papadopoulos clearly, when asked about his contacts with Mifsud by the FBI, this is what he was arrested for. He, he, he sniffed something out, Joe. He obviously realized mm-hmm. these contacts were probably wrong. Mm-hmm. So the FBI asks him, hey, did, you, did he contact you before or after you joined the Trump campaign? Papadopoulos says before. Now, my wife asked me about this the other day, and she listens to the show, so you may be confused as to what happened mm-hmm. here. That is not what happened. Papadopoulos did not tell the truth about that. Now, you may say, oh, that indicates guilt. No, it's perfectly explainable, folks. Papadopoulos doesn't know who Mifsud is. He was set up. 
The FBI intercepts him at Dulles Airport. He now says, oh my gosh, who was this guy missing? He doesn't know, Papadopoulos. He has no idea. But he knows he probably shouldn't have met him after the Trump campaign started. Why? Because Papadopoulos doesn't want to implicate the Trump team in something he has no idea what it is. This may not make sense to you. So he senses something's wrong with Mifsud, although he doesn't know what it is. And they say to him, hey, did this guy contact you before or after you joined the Trump team? Papadopoulos says before. Understandably, to deflect the attention away from Mifsud contacting him because he joined the Trump mm-hmm. team. Does that make sense, Joe? Because, yeah. yeah, but Because, yeah, because, because if he yeah. contacted, and, and Papadopoulos did yeah. not tell the truth. That's out there. He's already pled to yeah. this, right? But it's perfectly explainable when you understand that Papadopoulos had no idea who Mifsud is. Mifsud could have been an international serial killer. Joe, he has no idea. All he knows is he met this guy trying to tell him about some, some Russian email thing that he didn't bite on. Mm-hmm. We know he didn't bite because they have transcripts of Papadopoulos that are exculpatory, indicating his innocence. So the FBI, hey, what about this Mifsud guy? Did he meet you before or after you joined the Trump team? Oh, no, no, no. He reached out before. It's got nothing to do with Trump. It's perfectly explainable. And then the FBI locks him up later. But if Seth Abramson and his conspiracy theory nuts are right, why has Papadopoulos only been charged with a simple false statement? If this guy was involved in the biggest Russian collusion scheme, conspiracy to overthrow the results of an election in the last hundred years in the United States, why has Papadopoulos not been charged? The answer is because it's made up. The guy was set up. You have to be a nutbag to believe otherwise. All right. I got more. Don't go anywhere. I got more. This, Joe, we may go just a few minutes extra. All right, today. brother. Sorry. Go ahead. Getting, but this is important. All right. Today's show finally brought to you by our buddies at Robinhood. This is a great app. I uh, was uh, happy to download this myself. It's an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission-free. It's super easy, too. You will not regret downloading this app. They strive to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy. It's a non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence. It's simple and intuitive. It has a clear design with data presented in an easy-to-digest way. Trust me. Download the app. You cannot screw this up. It is so easy. It's no commission, all right? Other brokerage charge up to $10 for every trade, but Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees uh, to trade stocks and you keep all of your profits. It's easy to understand charts and market data, place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. Its web platform also also lets you view stock collections like the 100 most popular, entertainment sectors, social media, and even curated categories like female CEOs and analyst ratings of buy, hold, and sell for every stock. Learn how to invest while you build your portfolio. Discover new stocks and track favorite companies with personalized news feeds. It has custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. I love that. Robinhood is giving listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. That's right, a free stock. Sign up at Bongino.Robinhood.com. That's Bongino.Robinhood.com. That's Bongino.Robinhood.com. Go check it out. Super easy to use. Um, Okay. So wrapping that up on Papadopoulos, we played the interview in the beginning. Mm -hmm. It is now crystal clear, according to Papadopoulos himself, that these, this, the people that set up this meeting with Mifsud were tied to Western Intel. It's also becoming clear, and I use that caveat for a reason, becoming clear that Mifsud's ties were to Western Intel. 
This information, a lot of it is already out there and easily searchable on the internet. I told you, just look up his ties to Claire Smith of the UK. Meaning that the guy who starts this whole thing, who is alleged to be Russian, was not Russian. Was not, or it was alleged to have Russian ties. His Russian ties were far subordinated to his ties to Western intelligence, and no one in the media seems even remotely curious outside of people like Kilmeade, who inter- did a great interview this morning on Mifsud. Now to the cover up. Lee Smith has a tremendous, tremendous piece in Real Clear Politics today or Real Clear Investigations, whatever. The link is in my show notes at Bongino.com. Please, please subscribe to my email list. I will fire these articles right to you. I also have an article today at Bongino.com about CPL, the creepy porn lawyer, uh, and Chuck Krasley <laughs> dropping uh, <laughs> dropping uh, charges on the creepy porn lawyer for uh, for misleading people for, for false statements. So the creepy porn lawyer is having a really bad month. But getting back to Lee Smith, this is an important article. Something we, uh, we talk about in my book, Spygate, And Lee hits on today in a well-done piece. It's pretty short. Lee usually writes some really long ones. This is a good one. People are finally catching on, Joe, to what the Mueller operation really is. Oh, finally. The Mueller operation. What have we been saying from the start? The Mueller operation is what? It's a cleanup on Al 4. Mop-up job. Clean up on Al 4 that the Mueller operation was designed exclusively not to find evidence of collusion. There is none, but it's designed to keep the attention on Donald Trump and away from DOJ and FBI malfeasance like their potential connections to Mifsud and others who set up George Papadopoulos. Now, Lee's piece lays out some really, really clear evidence that even lawmakers up on the Hill are starting to understand this now that the Mueller thing is a smoke job. Here's a quote from Lee's piece. This is the new line of attack here that they're taking with the Mueller probe with regard to declassification of the FISA, right? Everybody's asking, why, why, why haven't they declassified yet? I told you it's because once they declassified, the game's up. Everybody understands that once Trump declassifies and pulls out the redactions from the FISA documents, it's going to become crystal clear. Papadopoulos and others were set up, and this was a scam from day one. Quote from the piece. They're moving now towards this declassification would interfere with Mueller's investigation approach. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, Mueller's investigation was set up from the start to create a secondary line of attack when this case falls apart. The first line of attack was going to be impeachment. That is not working out. The second line of attack is going to be an obstruction charge against Donald Trump if he declassifies. Remember, this is new. If you read Lee's opening paragraph... The DOJ and FBI fought declassification of these documents. They fought it. What was their initial reason, Joe? Their initial reason for saying we can't take pull the redactions. We can't show the public the documents mm-hmm. we used to go after Donald Trump. Their initial reason was national security. Oh, no, national security. Sources and methods. Sources and methods. That is entirely fallen apart. Everybody who's read this knows that the 20 pages they want declassified are not going to burn national security and are not going to burn sources. Everybody knows that. The DOJ and the bureau management starting to see that that story's losing its steam. So now they're moving to, no, 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 this is the first time they've done this, Joe. This is important. They're abandoning the national security line. They're going, no, no, if he declassifies, Joe, 
it would interfere with Mueller's investigation. Oh, 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 setting him up for an obstruction charge, are you? Is that a little hint? The Rosenstein DOJ's dropping it to, to Donald Trump? This was a switch, folks. This is new. Huh. This is a new tactic. And it confirms everything I've been telling you for the last six months to, to, to eight months on this show. The Mueller probe is a scam. It is a scam to stop you from seeing the truth. They are going to use the Mueller probe to drop an obstruction charge on President Trump's head the minute this stuff is declassified. They switched from their don't do it for national security to an even bigger threat. Now, no, no, it may interfere with the Mueller probe. Joe, wink and a nod. If you do this, you may be looking at obstruction. I'm sure someone has quietly dropped this hint to the Trump team. Hmm. Now, I have a, uh, a piece from this. This is from Lee Smith's piece. In the 178-page court document where DOJ officials are claiming, oh, no, if you redact it, it'll interfere with the Trump team, uh, it said that they had determined that disclosure of redacted information in the Carter Page FISA documents could reasonably be expected to interfere with the pending investigation into Russian election interference. Oh, how convenient. You've already set up an obstruction charge. Just now, last minute little uh, little curveball. They were expecting the high heat and they throw the curveball. This is how devious these people in the DOJ and FBI are. Here, this is great. It gets good here, Joe. That rationale has heightened suspicions among congressional investigators that the special counsel is being used to prevent the disclosure of possible FISA abuses and crimes committed during the Russian probe. Oh! Oh! Armacost and I have only been saying this for the last six months now. That's the whole purpose. Now, I'm so grateful that a lot of these guys up on the Hill are finally starting to vocalize some of this. That's the whole purpose of the Mueller probe. We will charge you with obstruction if you tell the public what happened. Do you understand? That's it. That's that. You know what? I just summed it up the best way possible. Dear Donald Trump, dare, dare to tell the public what we did to you by spying on you and your team and Papadopoulos and setting you guys up, and we will charge you with obstruction. It gets better. Opened by the FBI in July of 2016, the Russia investigation was taken over by Mueller when Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein appointed him special counsel in 2017. Senior officials told the FBI that the president DOJ are at a standoff. Trump, listen to this, folks. Listen, listen close. Trump knows, I've said this repeatedly, Trump knows what's in those documents and he knows it clears him of all the collusion stuff, said a senior source. And it shows the FBI was doing some very bad things. But what's now keeping Trump from pulling the curtain back on the Russia investigation is the probe himself. That's the leverage the DOJ has on Trump. Nothing on Russia or collusion or anything like that. It's the actual investigation. If he's seen to be interfering, they move to obstruction. That is why I told you to be patient with this. Trump has political capital right now. He has political capital and high approval ratings. This is not a criminal investigation. I just read that quote. There is no collusion. There will never be evidence of collusion. It is the fetch of investigations. Fetch will never happen and neither will collusion. This is a political investigation only. Trump now has political capital. His approval ratings are high and there's a decent chance we retain the House and gain seats in the Senate. 
He has no need right now whatsoever to declassify or unredact this stuff. Why? Because there's nothing there that damages him. It only damages the Bureau and the DOJ. There is no collusion. Trump is waiting this thing out. He's waiting to see what happens in the midterms because he doesn't need to right now. His political bank account is high. If he loses, you can expect a full declassification and sunlight all over this disastrous operation to take the Trump team down this disgraceful episode in American history. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. Thanks to everybody who picked up my book, Spygate. We're still in the uh, top uh, top three, 400 books on Amazon, which means a lot. We had some great sales. I really appreciate it. And uh, please go check out the newly redesigned Bongino.com. My wife and uh, Blair and Linda worked really hard on it. So uh, go check it out. We have some great articles up there. Thanks again. I will see you all on Monday. It's been a crazy week. See you all next week. Good day, sir. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.